Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash my money health check. Hello and welcome, I'm Rob Lilly and this is the Witch Shorts Podcast. Over the last few months we've been bringing you the very best articles from across witch.co.uk and our magazines as one bite-sized audio delight. This means that they're all available for you to listen to wherever you might be and whatever you're up to. This week we'll discuss everything you need to know before buying an electric car. Yes, they might be desirable, but with a unique set of pros and cons and question marks over their green credentials, it isn't easy to know whether they're right for you. Before you listen, don't forget to leave us a review and a rating too, and subscribe so you don't miss the next one. So then on with this week's episode. To read us this article, originally written by Adrian Porter, I'll hand you over to Angus Farker. You open Facebook and type... I think I'm going to buy an electric car. Any suggestions? And then smile to yourself. Switching to an electric vehicle, EV, seems the right thing to do in 2022. But that smile fades as a confusing cacophony of comments starts rolling in. Get a 40 kilowatt hour battery, minimum, reads one. You cast your mind back to your school physics and draw a blank. EVs are great. Which home charger are you getting? Shouts another. Wait, what's a home charger? Then comes, you know electric cars are actually green, right? And, where do you think the electricity comes from? Comments. Slowly, you close the laptop lid. There's more to consider here than you'd thought. The internet is home to many myths, mistruths and outright conspiracy theories, and it's no different for electric cars. Over the next few pages, we'll cut through the misinformation, divulge the real pros and cons of EVs, and help you decide once and for all whether you should buy one. We know from our surveys that upfront cost is one of the biggest barriers to people buying an EV, and it's a problem that's been amplified by the cost of living crisis. While you can recoup that higher buying cost, electric cars have lower maintenance costs, are exempt from car tax, and are cheaper to run, especially for those who can charge at home, It takes time. In the August 2021 issue of which, we compared an electric SUV with its non-electric counterpart and found it would take seven years of driving for the EV to become the cheaper option overall. You can accelerate this return on investment by turning to the used market. Although there are relatively few second-hand EVs currently available, the burgeoning choice of new models today means used availability is only going to improve, and sales are already starting to reflect that. The Society of Motor Manufacturing and Traders, SMMT, recently reported used electric car sales doubled in the first quarter of 2022 compared with the same period in 2021. 
it's still by far the minority, having gone from 0.4% of total used car sales to 0.8%, but it's a big increase in itself. And if you're holding off purchasing a used or new EV due to concerns about battery degradation, our data shows that you needn't be overly concerned. Being able to charge at home is the best case scenario when it comes to owning an electric car, both for convenience and, as we'll explain in more detail later, cost. Although you can charge via a standard 3-pin 230-volt main socket, it's painfully slow. Using this method to charge a Kia Soul and you'll be waiting 29 hours to charge its 64kWh battery from 0 to 100%. Use a 7.2 kilowatt home charger, also known as a domestic charge point or wall charger, and it will take around nine and a half hours. Since it's unlikely you'll ever charge from 0%, this should comfortably fit into a night's sleep. Having a home charger also means that you can take advantage of overnight off-peak charging. For example, Octopus Energy's Go tariff currently offers electricity for just 7.5 pence per kilowatt hour between 12.30 a.m. and 4.30 a.m. Home chargers aren't cheap though, costing around £700 to £1,500. The government's EV charge point grant reduces the cost by £350. This replaced the previous EVHS grant in April 2022, but it excludes owners of houses, so it's only for those living in flats or rented accommodation. If you can't charge from home, check out your local public charging infrastructure. The best solution is to have some on-street AC charging close to your home. These are called slow or fast chargers, depending on their power output. If close enough to your home, you could use one to charge your car overnight. Although not as cheap as a home charger, you should still pay relatively low rates of around 35 pence per kilowatt hour. Then there are also powerful DC chargers, called rapid or ultra-rapid. These chargers will charge your car to 80% in anything from 15 to 40 minutes, depending on the size of the battery and how much power your car can take on at once. But be warned, DC chargers are expensive to use. Our research shows that if you're paying 50 pence per kilowatt hour or more, which isn't uncommon, it can be more expensive than filling a car with diesel. We'll explain charging and the differences between AC and DC in more detail a little later, but there's a handy app called ZapMap that lets you see what chargers are around you. Another option is to use someone else's home charger, and that needn't involve awkward negotiations with neighbours. It's called community charging, or peer-to-peer -peer charging, and it's a fast-growing approach to charging. Using services such as CoCharger or Just Charge, you can search your local area for those with a driveway and a home charger, known as hosts. You can then book to use the host charger at a set time. Some even let you set up a regular charging time slot. Community charging is still in its infancy, but thanks to the large number of home charge points, it has the potential to be huge. Hosts set their own rates, which are typically shown as price per hour. That means that prices can vary a great deal and will be difficult to compare with public charger rates and your own energy tariff at home, as these show the price per kilowatt hour. Things are already improving though. CoCharger now shows an equivalent price per kilowatt hour, making it easy to compare to other sources of charging. There are some, but not many, 3-pin chargers advertised. Connecting to a 3-pin socket is slow, as mentioned previously, but if you pull up and you're offered a domestic extension lead, refuse it, as it could be a fire risk. 
While the UK isn't short of petrol stations, the same can't be said of public charging points. If the fear of running out of charge, known as range anxiety, has prevented you from buying an EV, then you're not alone. However, a combination of researching charging options and buying an electric car with a usable range should ease your concerns. EV range is primarily determined by two things, the size of the car's battery and how efficient the car is. There are other factors, such as driving style and weather conditions, but focus on capacity and efficiency when buying a car. Battery capacity is measured in kilowatt hours and typically ranges from 15 kilowatt hours for a small battery in a city car to around 100 kilowatt hours or more in big luxury cars and SUVs. Generally, the bigger the battery, the more expensive the car, but there are some notable exceptions. Electric cars' fuel economies aren't measured in mpg or miles per gallon like petrol and diesel cars. The equivalent is kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers the amount of power your car will use over 100 kilometres, or 62 miles. Of course, like manufacturers' claimed fuel economy figures that are very difficult to achieve, claimed EV mileage is typically a best-case scenario. It's another reason to read our reviews before buying. We list the battery capacity, tested efficiency and the subsequent range for every electric car we test in our tough tests in our independent reviews, allowing you to accurately compare mileage across different EV ranges. As an example of how the figures work together, our tests showed that if an electric car has a battery capacity of 50 to 52 kilowatt hours, an efficiency of 19 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers or less, you should get around 200 miles of range on a single charge. Based on an average of 9,000 miles per year, you'll drive around 170 miles per week, or 25 miles per day. So 200 miles of range should mean you can get away with charging your car once a week. As a guide, we'd say that good EV efficiency is currently around 19 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers, and excellent is 17.5 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers or less. For reference, the current average efficiency in our tests is 21 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers. Here's Adrian, this piece's original author, with more. How efficient an EV is, and the price you're paying for electricity, makes a huge difference to the running costs. The frugal Hyundai Kona EV, for example, averaged 16.7 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers in our tests. That makes it one of the most efficient EVs we've tested. If you're charging at home and paying 28 pence per kilowatt hour, that means you'll pay around 7.5 pence per mile, which is significantly cheaper than comparably sized petrol and diesel cars. But say you bought the power-hungry Mercedes-Benz EQC instead, a large luxury SUV that in our tests averaged 27.6 kilowatt hours per 100 kilometers, so it used close to twice as much energy as the Kona. Now charging at home, you'd pay about 12.4 pence per mile for the Merc, so nearly five pence more for every mile you travel compared to the more efficient Kona. If you can't charge at home or you're just charging away from home, it's more costly. Pull up to a DC rapid charger and pay 50 pence per kilowatt hour, and that frugal Kona goes from being 7.5 pence per mile to 13.4 pence per mile, whereas the SUV Merc goes from 12.4 pence per mile to a massive 22 pence per mile. 
at that point, and even with the fuel prices where they are in late June 2022, that 22 pence per mile in the electric SUV actually works out more expensive than filling the same sized car with diesel according to our independent test figures. And people won't expect an SUV to cost more to charge with electricity than it would be to fill with diesel. Range is all good and well, but as we've already hinted, you also need to take into account how fast your car can charge. And this means knowing the difference between AC and DC. AC, or alternating current, is the same current that comes out of your three-pin socket at home. It's also the type you'll get from public charge points that are dubbed slow, up to 6 kilowatts, and fast, 7 to 22 kilowatts. According to ZapMap, these AC chargers currently make up around 80% of the UK's public charging infrastructure. Since EV batteries require DC, direct current, electric cars use an onboard charger to convert AC power to DC. These onboard chargers are typically limited to 7 or 11 kilowatts, so the 22 kilowatt fast chargers around the UK will often exceed your requirements. DC chargers bypass the car's onboard charger and are much more powerful. Rapid DC chargers are typically around 50 kilowatts, whereas ultra-rapid chargers are 100 kilowatts to up to 350 kilowatts. Only a handful of cars actually have a maximum charging rate above 200 kilowatts, such as the Kia EV6 2022 onwards and Porsche Taycan 2020 onwards. Most cars can take between 50 and 150 kilowatts. Take note that you can still plug into the most powerful chargers, even if your car can't draw anywhere near the amount of power they offer. This means you'll be charging the same rate per kilowatt hour, regardless of whether or not your car is suited to that charger. In other words, connect to an overly powerful charger and you'll pay more for the same amount of electricity. Electric cars don't have an exhaust pipe and are therefore officially classified as zero emissions vehicles. However, there is the environmental cost of assembling them and disposing or recycling, plus the energy required to keep the car going through its life. Thanks to Green NCAP, an organisation that measures harmful pollutants from cars, and its initial publication of life cycle analysis figures, we can now confirm that, yes, electric cars are greener than non-electric cars of a similar size, but they could be greener still. The study looked at the amount of greenhouse gases created during the extraction of raw materials, manufacturing and distribution of 61 different cars, as well as those emitted over the course of running the car for 16 years or around 150,000 miles, plus recycling and final disposal. It found that creating an electric car produces more greenhouse gases than the construction of a typical petrol or diesel car, but the amount of greenhouse gases created by petrol and diesel engines over the course of 16 years makes them more detrimental to the planet than equivalent-sized electric cars. The pivotal factor is the energy that goes into the car during its lifetime. The more that comes from renewable sources, the greener an electric car becomes. Green NCAP uses an average energy mix across 27 EU countries plus the UK for its current calculations. As a hypothetical scenario, Green NCAP points out that if electricity came from purely renewable sources, the total greenhouse gases produced by driving a Volkswagen ID3, medium-sized hatchback, essentially the equivalent of a VW Golf, for 16 years would be half that of an equivalent non-electric car. 
Green NCAP plans to release a tool with country-specific energy data along with statistics for thousands of cars, letting you find out just how green your current or prospective car is. This will highlight the importance of countries choosing to generate more of their energy from renewable sources. Regardless of what type of car you buy, it's essential you take a test drive. But the challenge with test driving your first EV is not to be overwhelmed by the driving experience. Electric cars are near silent, smooth as silk and can be surprisingly nippy or outrageously quick depending on the model. If you've never driven an electric car, it will feel otherworldly at first. You'll have to try and look past that to make sure this particular electric car suits you. Although you might quickly come to appreciate why electric cars rate so highly for satisfaction in Witch's annual car surveys. Once you've wrapped your head around battery capacities and recharging, remember that you're still buying a car. Be sure to do the usual test drive things. Drive on a mixture of roads, perform some manoeuvres, see if you can adjust the seat so it's completely comfortable and don't forget to clamber into the back to find out how much space there is. Above all, don't compromise just because it's electric. The EV market continues to blossom, so if you can't find anything that ticks all boxes right now, it's worth delaying your search. Your ideal EV should arrive in the near future. Thank you to Angus and Adrian Porter too, who popped up in today's episode, and his original work was published in Witch Magazine. Remember, you can find more articles you'll find useful every day on everything from money and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free email newsletters. You can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another episode of Witch Shorts. Thanks for listening. Witch Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker. Mm-hmm.